Welcome to another Take Note podcast, episode 68. My name is Chris Harper. On Take Note, the radio program, every weekday on Guam, we discuss a theme or topic from the Word of God between songs. This is our podcast version, which brings you a 10-minute recap of one of our favorite programs from the previous week, minus the music. Today, we want to ask you to take note of Matthew 5, 43 through 48. There's a startling portion of Scripture in what we often call the Sermon on the Mount. It's startling because it so radically contradicts our natural instincts. But Jesus explains it, so there can be no doubt what it means. It contains a command we have to remind ourselves about when we're attacked or falsely accused. When we're tempted to react emotionally or unbiblically, it may spring to our minds. If we learn to obey it, it can be a powerful tool, something that's so countercultural it can't help but stand out. I wonder if we're willing to do what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 43-48. Love your enemies. His command and our theme today. A person unfamiliar with our theme might wonder, why should I do this? How can it possibly make sense for me to love my enemies? Does Jesus understand what he's asking me to do? Well, I think all of these answers are simple. Not easy, mind you, but simple. And we'll touch on them all. But first, let's read our entire passage. Matthew 5, 43 through 48. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust." For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So now you may see why I called it a startling passage of Scripture. It certainly has a lot to teach, and we're going to take a closer look. Matthew 5:43, the first verse. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Well, someone specific may teach hate your enemy, but it's usually more subtle than that. The world around us and our flesh will say without a doubt, hating your enemy is at least okay. It's something likely to happen. And you can likely get away with it. It's only natural to love people that love us. And it's also only natural to hate anyone who doesn't love us. But most of Jesus' commands go against our natural tendencies. And this one is no exception. So despite our feelings, despite the world's allowances, despite what people may say, God has another plan in mind. Matthew 5, 44. 
But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Just the very reading of this verse is difficult. It goes against everything that's in us. We usually call people enemies because we don't love them. And when people curse us, we want to, and often do, curse them back. And we usually do something bad, not good, to those that hate us. And what's more, those who persecute us are not at the top of our prayer list. We're really in difficult territory here. We will need God's help, without a doubt, to do this. And the question might be asked right from the very beginning, why do this? Well, a few answers spring to mind from other passages, starting in Romans 5, first in verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then in verse 10 of Romans 5, For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So God sent his only Son to die in our place while we were his enemies. There's precedent for this. The one we follow loved his enemies first. But there's more. Let's remember who we were before Christ by looking at 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Well, these sound like the kind of people we might hate. They're the bad people in society. But then don't forget 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, by the Spirit of our God. So why should we love our enemies? Well, let's start with the fact that we used to be God's enemies, and he loved us, and that we used to be the bad people in society, but we've been radically altered precisely because God loved us and because he sent his only son to save us. Well, there's more in our text. Back to Matthew 5, this time in verse 45. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So remember what God does. Just or unjust, he makes the sun rise and the rain fall. The good things he brings into the world are not exclusive to his children. He's a good God. He's full of mercy, full of grace, always loving, having compassion. And though all of us deserve judgment, and that judgment is coming, by the way, for those outside of Christ, he is long-suffering. The free gift of salvation is open to everyone, and the judgment his children we deserved, fell upon Jesus at the cross. He was the just sacrifice, and his blood can wash away all sins, even the sins of our enemies. 
but we must show them love, as he showed us love. Consider this, Matthew 5, 46 and 47. For if he love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? There's nothing extraordinary about our natural response. Those who don't know Christ, who aren't new creatures in him, can do the very same. But we must be different. We're called to be different. We're called to be like our Savior, who came willingly and died for his enemies. He was crucified by his enemies, who would have the opportunity to be saved eternally by his blood. It's hard to think of something more like Christ than loving our enemies. He's doing it constantly, unwaveringly, and he is our example. The difficulty of being like him is not lost on us in this passage, but it gets harder. Matthew 5, 48. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Well, if we thought the first commandment was impossible, how about this one? Be perfect? That sounds impossible, and that's true. We can't do the impossible, but God can do the impossible in us just as he can work his will inside of us to love our enemies. He can also perfect us in him. But none of this is possible on our own, in our own strength, if we're not walking in close fellowship with him as his children. So just a couple of simple mandates today. Love your enemies and be perfect. Well, you've been listening to the Take Note Podcast. These few minutes together are brought to you by Harvest Ministries and KHMG on Guam. Our website is khmg.org, khmg.org. In every episode, we ask you to take note of a theme or topic from the Word of God. My name is Chris Harper. Thanks for listening.